Okay. Excellent. Um, okay, so agenda for agenda for today. Uh, I want to go through the text Makurat that we've done. We'll put off all the articles and do them in some in a comprehensive um, tour sometime in the next three days. Uh, I think like Gilly Sod was the piece we were missing. Um, it's the piece that you know that, that um, probably is the as opposed to things like the the um, like the the um, the predator or the bub or the bub machteret, where you really um, probably have to stretch a little bit. Right? You know, those are things that have to have fairly expansive penumbras mm. <laughs> in order to in order to get to privacy. Um, the Yule um, Sod has an opportunity to um, to be about to be about privacy, and also offers a chance to explore the difference between privacy and confidentiality, which will come up, and whether they really are different. Um, and Okay, so I think it's worth doing Gilei Sod in depth, and let's see where it, let's see where it takes us. So, start at the very beginning. Okay, so we have a Gemara Yom. Was there already quoted this? I wanted to make sure you see it yourself. Minayin lo mer tavar lechaviroshu b'val. I think it's b'val yeomer. No, it's b'val yomar. B'val yomar, probably right. But you shouldn't say it. That you shouldn't. That you shouldn't say it. Ad sheomar lo lech emor. All right, until you until. The person tells you, right? So if somebody tells you something, you should not say it yourself, um, presumably to anyone else, although it's not um, not the right. Actually, uh, until you have explicit uh, explicit consent, right? Affirmative consent. Uh, it's a very big notion nowadays, right? That we require affirmative consent and implicit consent. Um, okay, we could happily get um, get lost in the thickets of why they quote that pasuk specifically uh, right if it's just from the word lay more there are lots of idea in uh, in Humash. yeah i mean the gemara was going through different midrashim on the pasuk before okay but is it from this pasuk or is it just a general drush on the word lay more it's probably from the uh thing especially the other thing and the fact that he said it to him in private makes it clear it was a secret, and therefore he needs to tell him explicitly to say it somewhere else. Okay, right. Except only, you know, the problem is may olmoid as opposed to bit olmoid, right? Sure. Weakens it, weakens it, and that's why we're getting get to thickets. Sure. And right, and we have all sorts of theories as to how Laymore gets you to, uh, right? It could be that they think Laymore means to say, right? That's the easy way to do it. Um, I imagine that most of you are aware that uh, grammarians don't think Laymore means to say, they think it, it means. Really mean that. In context, a lot of it. Right. Well, is it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Right. In context, it often seems to mean open quotes. The problem you have is um, the, the you know is the place in Yermia where the pasuk starts slay more, and then you have a number of places where you have a bunch of nested, um, uh, a bunch of nested lemurs. Right. So it's it's a little harder. Okay. Um, fine. I don't want to get lost too deeply in those tickets. There's a drusher. Um, the question that you will, uh, that you should be asking is whether this is really halacha or not. Mm-hmm. All right, how how serious is this drasha? So, what did you think? Is this really halacha? We thought that based on the context, like the previous line of the Gemara says, like Torah teaches you derech eretz to do this, and then the next line is this. So it seems like it's not really speaking halachically. Aha, because you think derech eretz isn't halacha. Certainly not binding in the same sense that. In the same sense. Conventionally, yes. 
conventionally. Yeah. <laughs> so in what sense is it binding? Well, if it's not binding in the conventional sense, in what sense is it binding? I mean, you should do it. Uh-huh. Does God want you to do it? Yes. Ah, and God's will is not binding. God doesn't say you need to do it. There's different levels of God's will. Ah, so this is as God wants you to do this. This is like a rishus. It's yeah. a mitzvah kiyumis. I don't know if I would say mitzvah kiyum. Ah, because it's not really halacha. It's just something that God, that, is God, that God wants you to do but doesn't insist on your doing, yeah. which is different than the mitzvah kiyumis. Could be. In what way is it different than the mitzvah kiyumis? Okay, fine. We'll say it's a misfortune. <laughs> right. Okay. I just, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I want to, we, we have had this come up, right? We, we started, began at the very beginning. I mean, like, it might be like, you know, Hopo's Udo, which we write in all the books and never hear. Okay. You know, it's flexible. I think it's like, no, no one is actually careful about how many swallows they take from their wine cup, you know, like, like. I think it's different. I don't know anybody who is. Have you asked? Are you? I haven't answered. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> you could have, do you always take exactly three uh, solos from your... Uh... I don't think I could drink one that fast. <laughs> I guess I'm doing only with maybe. Um, anyway, I think yes. the real difference is that um, it's just flexible. It's not, we can't say, oh, you're not keeping Derek Eretz, we're going to give you Malcolm's. Hmm. Because it's, well, because it's, because it's not always clear, and something, it depends on context. But like Halakha is always clear. Halakha, we can ask it, this is Mojo, this is Aser. Right. is a little more complicated. It probably depends on each person who do differently. That's why the Gemara says because Derech is this really big category that you can't tell people to do. If we say Yafetari Derech it must be something different. Do you think that this word, yeah, the word Derech means the word Derech means multiple things? Also, I just don't want to. I don't, I don't want. You know, we, we had this. We started the whole the whole summer off with uh, Rav Asher Weiss trying to make a distinction between Midas based halacha. And non based Salacha and Benny Brown distinguishing between yeah. uh, right between Musser and Halacha. And it wasn't so clear that we had any of those either. Rosh West also distinguished between Mido and Mido based Halacha. Yes. Right. So I, I don't, it's not, I, you know, I think we should ask the question. We uh, say language, right? We say Minayan and Shnamar. We say Minayan and Shnamar, and we, we even use a ball, right? Balls, balls are very Halachic sounding things. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. You can find like 30. I think the biggest proof that we were going to talk about Halakha is that we quote this Pasuk, which I know you don't want to get into. I think that's the biggest proof. Because if we weren't talking about Halakha, we would quote the Pasuk from Mishlech, which says this explicitly. Well, the fact that we want to quote something from Torah makes it sound like we're talking about Halakha. So there's no advantage in talking about Musa to, to not quoting the one that literally says these word for word, basically. Yes, but right. there's room to say that this is not, this could be a case where it's not clear that it's told in the manner of being a secret, like when the eerie. Right. Rings. And so with that, um, it, it could be that this is halacha, but is it about telling a secret is something no, important to technology? That's different. Maybe I'm assuming the Mishnah aren't applicable if you don't think it's that secret. Uh-huh. I mean, I think my views are on this are all undeniably influenced by the fact that no one other than the Mishnah seems to quote this halacha. Is that true? No one other than the quotes the halacha? I don't think that's true. Why do you think that? I mean, we've seen people quote the halacha. We saw it. Yeah, all of the. Like, so I cared. I quoted Miri because he's the only he, one that says their Harris. The Miri might be the only one that quotes it using the quote from Mishlei, but I don't. I don't know enough. To... He's not even the one that uses the quote from Mishlei. I think. Doesn't the smog quote it explicitly? Yes, yeah, in the smog. 
And I think usually people say that as a machlokas in the snag and the and the miri, which I'm not sure either side is correct. That's part what... of why we're looking at this is because we saw like many, many, many halachic sources trying to take this seriously as halacha. So it's time to really take it seriously, no? Um, okay, let's take a listen. let's. Um, well, first of all, you, you go on the duff, right? What is it? What is what does it tell you on the duff? It quotes only the smog. It quotes only the smog, which means it's not in the rambam. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, it's in the bahag. Um, I see the bahag is a perfectly ordinary, uh, the very ordinary halacha, I think. Uh, right before, right before a kol milz is amr b'tlasa less pemishin l'shnadisha. No, the fact that it's in the bahag makes it less likely to be halacha. It wasn't in the bahag, so the Rambam just didn't decide to include it. If it wasn't the bahag, because the Rambam decided not to. Ah, I think that's probably true. I think anything in the bahag, the Rambam doesn't include it as a decision. It's not. Um, well, that might mean that we that it's halacha we don't paskin like. Sure. But I also I, I just looked up the words baliomar, but doesn't necessarily get us. Um, but the, you're telling me that the the, the in Mishnah near Mitzvah only thinks it's only. Uh, I, I looked into it. I didn't think any things about that. Um, let's see. How else can we look for it? We could look. At, I, I know that I knew I knew there was a smog because I know that's how people try to set it up. I didn't want to bias you, but. Um, Pesholtos includes it. Pesholtos includes all kind of words, kinds of weird stuff, even though it's directly halacha. Uh, that's true. And Rabbi Yoda quotes it, of course. But that's also is that halacha or Mosa? Well, that's right. So that, that is the, the question as well. Uh, and of course, Rose Zilberstein quotes it everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Thomas Tang quotes it repeatedly, and the Magnet Ram quotes it, right? That is that that is the uh, okay. that's the other famous Makar. Oh, and the Shulchan Aruch Harav quotes it. Kol Omer Devar Lechaveru, right? Shulchan Aruch Harav or Chaim Kufton Bav. Kol Omer Devar Lechaveru, who beval Yomer at Yomer lo Lechavor. Unquote. And um, perhaps we're in luck, and the Aruch oh, Shulchan quotes the, it. The, the, the Shulchan seems to include it as like its own like like thing. Where are you finding these sources? I'm just looking at very long. Oh, very long. Fine. Uh, right. Safari didn't quote very much. Okay. Yeah, well, I can't. It's Safari. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't need to do very long searches for free. You don't need an account. You just go to the very long website and do a search. You can't actually look at the sources, but you can see the 50 words around it and do the search. Ah. But you should also find a way to get a very long. I, mean, I have to go faster. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, in the it's, just, it's been as long, so I'm not using it. It's <laughs> uh, in the artificial channel, so. Um, so I don't think that's quite, I don't think it's quite accurate to say that the Miri is the only one. The, the Shilta describes it as like Usser, right? He says, Usser Lelo Memar. Okay. Like, like he's, he's describing, saying it's not even just things that are false. You can't even say things that are true, uh, right? And he says, Usser Lelo Memar, and the dumber of Ibn Asya, Okay, so we can have, you know, if we, we, we want to go into, we want to go into, you know, into, um, into matrix mode, right? We'll say, well, you know, what are our possibilities? First of all, the Gemara either meant it as halakha, the Gemara didn't mean it as halakha. People not quoting it can mean they disagree with it or they think it's Musa and not halakha. Um, people who quote it could also mean it's had a Musa and Musa halakha. So it's very hard to prove anyone. It's very, if someone doesn't quote it, you could, I guess you could claim it's not halakha or you could, you know, of course, you could also claim that it's implicit in some other halakha. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think you get that much proof. Okay. We have a bunch of people quoting it. We have apparently the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch not quoting it, which is interesting, especially as in the Baha'i Zuda points out, that seems to suggest that um, he doesn't think it's halacha that way. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I think the problem is um, it, it's that when you, you know, the, there's always the overcompensation thing, the same way that we're, you know, sometimes we're machner and drabanans, 
Yotzer Mishol Torah because we're afraid people make fun of them. So sometimes, like we make the drusha look really like a drusha because we're afraid people won't take it seriously. So you can say, "Oh, it looks so much like a drusha." Yes, that's because we're afraid you won't take it seriously as a drusha. But it's not really supposed to fool you, mm-hmm. uh, right? So okay, I don't know. Okay, let's take a look at the right. So the Eri is the, the Eri is the um, is um, the you know is like, the Eri and the Shari Truth the Eri and the and the Rebbeinu are the ones that seem to take on the question. And so I want to read them and see if they actually they actually emerge with any clarity from them. And Rebbeinu adds something I think in addition that might be helpful. So Imashinem Arsham Leimor. I don't know why I put a question mark there. Kilomar. Uh, um, right, so Lemur means he was he was he was told these things with the intention of having him say them, although only to a particular audience, right? Not you know, although that audience is pretty darn public from you know it's pretty much the whole community. Um, so we learn we learn Derek Eretz. Lemisha Omer Davar Lachavero, Afel Pishlo Misaralo Besod. Shahu Bival Yomar. Right, so we're, right, we say Derek Harris, then we use the language of Bal Yomar. Ela Imkain, Amarlo, Bal Davar, Shu Omerlo, Otan Varim Belechemor. Okay, so he frames it as Derek Eretz. And Derek Eretz is that if somebody says something to a friend, even though he did not tell it to him, we can decide there is explicitly as a secret or in the manner of a secret, right? I don't, I don't think it's clear which one it is. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, nowadays we would say he didn't, even though he didn't give it to him as an encrypted file. But I don't think that was quite what uh, quite what the what the meeting meant. Um, right, so he has right, so he, so he has both kinds of language. The question is what Derek Harris means in the meeting generally. So someone who is neman ruach, uh, right. Um, conceals things even though they are not a sod. Mm-hmm. Whereas the opposite nida is somebody who reveals things even though they are a sod. And the pasuk leaves out the middle of the category of people who don't tell secrets but um, tell everything else. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what we think, of, right? We don't know. Well, all we know that person. So lamadu derech eretz. So what do you think lamadu derech eretz means? Jacob, what do you think a lot of Derek Harris means? Um, to me, it's it's um, to me, it's saying that it's like good, the good thing to do, but it doesn't have like doesn't have we don't see like the word yes sir anywhere. We we don't see that you're doing something wrong by violating this or something like that. So it doesn't seem halachic to me. Okay. What, are, what we're missing, right? And that's what Bal Yomar is so striking, right? Is we're missing a Pasuk that tells you not to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? So Lamad Eretz is an implication. Yeah. Right? Because, and how do we, we learn it? Because God told Moshe to say it, that carries the implication that God is right. The reason God has to say to Moshe, say it, is because otherwise Moshe wouldn't say it. Mm-hmm. So, right. So, the question of you know, how we, what we do when, right, what do we do when God goes out of his way to teach us something? Mm-hmm. Right. What is the status of that? We could always put it, you know, as Behalachta Bidrachav, 
Um, but it's not really bracha because God isn't the one who wouldn't say anything. Right? God's just trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? So we could say, I, I tend, you know, like an analogy would be, uh, you know, which it, uh, is that God says, Nase um, Adam, to teach us Derek Heretz, that you're supposed to consult with your subordinates. Uh, but was, again, it's very dangerous because if your subordinates misunderstand, then they disagree with you. Mm-hmm. God does not consult with the angels with the intent of getting their advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the line of right, is right, could be that we're just trying to learn a way, the, pro- right, the proper way of behaving with other people, but we're not making it law. And maybe we're not making laws, you just says, because there are circumstances where it shouldn't be true. Um, for example, you shouldn't consult with your subordinates if they, they'll misunderstand and think they should disagree with you. If you can't pull that off or you already have a relationship with them where they are constantly getting it wrong and thinking they're supposed to disagree with you. Um, you know, like I am a bad subordinate to ask for to ask for advice if you don't really want um, <laughs> advice. I tend yeah. to take it way, way too serious for this. And I've had like people tell me this. No, I wasn't really asking their advice. It was yeah. just a formality. Yeah, like even if it's I will also make the point that I mean I'm not sure what exactly it's talking about because if it's bring the holy perfume about the service afterward, I don't know if this is talking about secrets and privacy, but even if it's not halacha, we can still learn from whatever value we're trying to figure out this is about. Good. So what value do you think, right? What what mm-hmm. what if you had to find the lesson, right? The principle. Right. Right. Which might be even better than halacha for constructing a society. Right. Um, right, because it's not about rules, it's about values. So like it might tell you, what? It, it might, this, this <laughs> uh, <laughs> pardon? Is that something better than halacha constructing society? So I said, quite there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, once a summer at least, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, the, um, <laughs> because you know, because halakha might be limited to reacting to existing situations mm-hmm. where values can tell you how to right, can go back. Right, you know, right, halakha might just be when once you have the society set up, right? The, the ones mm-hmm. the data they set up, we discuss whether you can whether you, whether you whether you whether you can put your data into it. But values can tell you whether you have to have a database. Um, so, what is the value? Right, what is, what is the value that we're trying to set up here? Why should you not? Why is it Derek Eretz not to say anything until someone tells you explicitly, go say it, rather than vice versa, assuming that there is no confidentiality in anything anyone says to you? Mm. I mean, we're really young, of course, so for different reasons. I don't know, it's about trust. I don't know. I mean, like, like whatever Nehemiah does. Aha. So, right, so apparently let's try and derive it from the language of the verse, right? Nehemiah Ruach. Um, and also, like Micha says, a little bit, you know, says a little bit sharper than not saying it. And Micha says, he interprets it like that in the other part. Accidentally revealing secrets very, very bad to a little to take risks and hide things that shouldn't be hidden in order to avoid accidentally revealing secrets. So it's a default setting. Yeah. That right, what what do you gain by saying something that someone told you? Well, the puzzle that would gain you know, telling God's story of eternity as opposed to letting it die out, which is a very right. So that's right. So that's a really interesting thing, right? You know, when it comes to Torah. Um, and almost no one poskins that way about Torah. 
But as opposed to like, uh, yeah, almost to say something. Well, but that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> the prototypical case of a dollar so is Torah. Prototypical case yeah. of a dollar so is Sanhedrin. Well, you have but that is but that is their episode, right? It's explicit. It's explicitly right, so. Maybe it's but it's weird to say that we don't apply to Torah when that's the classical case of a yellow episode. Interesting, right? It's really, but, but I think that right, there are many chuvot about whether you can repeat shir. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like it's like I think it's similar also to saying anything about anybody else. Like, if um, if somebody tells you like, oh, I got a PhD in like physics or something. Then you tell somebody else that, oh, so and so got a PhD in physics. So then that other person might be jealous or whatever, or they might just like be like, oh, like, so that's a, I don't know. They might start thinking all kinds of things. So it's just better maybe not to mention these things. Okay. So you just made a move, though. When I point out the move, right? Read a move from a word to a fact. Now, is that move justified, right? Do we say that it's Miguel that? That, um, that anything about someone else is Baltomar unless the person tells you to tell someone else that thing about themselves? Or is it simply, a, is it really just a function of speech? Anything someone says to you? Sounds like the latter, based on the words of the So the words are definitely about speech, right? No way to avoid the words are about speech. Well, I mean, you could say that Dabar doesn't mean word, right? You could. You just say it means thing. And you what would be the rationale for limiting it to speech? I mean, part of it has to do with like I mean, what other people can discover. Really I think just, it's facts are rarely so. Like, facts, facts are rarely so. Almost never. Like facts don't get a PhD in physics. It's never so. They publish it publicly. They went to a graduation. They read their name out in hundreds and hundreds of people. That can never be like, That fact isn't so. Many other facts are so. No, some facts. You live in my house. I have many, many sodas. I could tell. Sure. We have a presumption like that on, that on a general like societal level today, there's just a lot more privacy than there was necessarily. Or, right. If you live in a tiny village your entire life and like with 100 people, then the chances that they don't all know exactly what you've got education wise and all the grades you got probably and everything embarrassing you've ever done are probably very low. Because people actually do talk about these things. I mean, you can also right. just say it's like, happened in front they, of you, like it's a small community. It's not like it's not like avoidable. We live in a small community. We live in a town of 20,000 people. This would be like a massive city for their standards. Pardon? At least a medium sized city. Yeah. Can you hear me? So the, I forget who it is who claimed that, right? That uh, right. That's the. We live in town of twenty thousand people, where, the, where, the, where all of the houses are spread apart, right? right? They see, didn't live in a place like that. I see people I don't know all the time in this area. I mean, there, I there's a some Google online who, who famously or infamously claimed that privacy is, is an artifact, uh, a, a brief artifact of the twentieth century, and it never existed before. We'll never, you know, and we're just back to normal, uh, right now. That now that all of that is out on, on your grounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, can't hear me. one response to it is to say that in a village, everyone knows everything, and no one ever says it. Um, maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. That what you right. That there's a big difference between the things that people know and the things that people are willing to talk about. Certainly, in my experience, people know things yeah. because people talk about. Them. I don't think people know everybody knows something. 
like about the PhD yeah. example, like somebody, if they knew the clues, full name of the person and they so Googled them, then that would be like not really a sode because it would be like, oh, like I Googled them. Now I know they have a PhD. If that's publication. Well, but if like you don't even know their last name, you're just like, oh, like my friend but Mary. People has have all a kinds of, of, of like embarrassing like, information that's available when you Google them that they probably right. don't want you to know. Like, right? Like, when you Google yeah. some people, you get their mugshot. And most people probably don't want you seeing their mugshot. That doesn't right. mean it's okay to say, why don't you Google that person? Because I have a mugshot from 20 years ago online or something. But there's also, it might just be really moved if, if there's no, if we know it's not really a secret. Then it might it might still be Rekhi Lu, but not Migalas. So no one doesn't talk about secrets at all. Yeah. Well, the Psukim, the Psukim talk about so. But the Psukim are not the puzzle quoted by the Gemara. Not the puzzle quoted by the Gemara. So Iri is doing right. So the Iri does something, right? The Iri introduces so. Right. The Gemara doesn't right. So it's fair to say Gemara doesn't say Afapich Eno Besod. Gemara just says Manayin Omer Davar Right. The Gemara seems to say it's just a presumption. Right. So you might say the Gemara says. That all speech is presumptively secret, um, and then the mirror comes along and says, "No, it's not about speech, and it's not about presumptive, right? Um, and it's not a, really about secrets." Um, hmm. I mean, yeah. it might be that the people who don't quote it are actually just do agree with the mirror. You think it's about secret? I think it's just you know Joshua about Medalis, and I have to, have to be careful of that. But that's why I don't quote it in the books. Say, say it again. The people who don't quote it might just think it's a drasha about how you have to be careful with secrets. They might disagree. They might agree with me that so disagree that's off of each end of the so. No, this is for so. There's another nice drasha telling you to be careful. Right. So it might be a good reason not to go to Gemara. Is it's, right? it's, not, it's no chiddush. Because, of course, there's... how do you relate this Gemara to the claim that there's no such thing as Hezek Shmia, which is also the Meiri? Right, so there's no such thing as Hezek Shmia because no one ever says anything. You can't, you can't claim, you can't claim like monetary damages from somebody just because they violate their hearts. Not you? monetary damages, especially can I force you to build a wall so you won't overhear can me? Can I force somebody else to keep their hearts in general? But the theory says that there are no private conversations. Everybody assumes, right? Right, or... You're muted. I can't hear you. To recollect I'm muted. There, thank you. Uh, okay. So, um, so if we separate it again, we can say that if you overhear a conversation, there was no confidentiality agreement, and it's perfectly fine to say it's the same. The problem with Megala Sode is someone trusted you with some information and you revealed it. So you want to take the name on part very seriously. Right. But says Alpha Bishano If it's not a secret, they still trusted you with some information implicitly. They are telling it to you under, and Mayuri is trying to set the assumed contract for starting a conversation, which is not the same thing as eavesdropping at all. It's unrelated to eavesdropping, really. There's no assumed contract. The assumed contract between neighbors. Sorry, so it's just more okay for me to tell about your stuff if I'm violating your privacy than your confidentiality? Maybe. But that is it's not a breach of trust. Yes, sir. There's no breach of trust if I just eavesdrop on you. It's only if I show up and stand there. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm thinking about a situation. So um, the history teacher was showing the other teachers how to use um, Google, what is it, Google World, where you can like see any place right on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, it was part of the curriculum. It was like a tool that we were using. Um, 
And so it's just the teachers there. And so, um, some, so she's like, all right, so what should I use as our example? And so it's just like, ha, let's find, let's use our uh, principal's house. I'm always wondering what it looks like. Um, and so she used this Google, is it Google World? Is that what it is? Google Earth, thank you. Um, so she uses Google Earth, and um, we can't, we don't know his exact address, so we Google him. Um, and we get a um, street, but not a number. So she shows us, this is actually very good, you know, she shows us how to essentially drive along the street. Yeah. Um, and apparently one of the teachers had like dropped something off at his house for him once, and so she thought that she might be able to recognize his house on Google Earth. And so we're kind of driving along the street, and um, we come to a house that's fully blurred out. <laughs> and she's like, she looks on both sides and she's like, I'm pretty sure that's his. Um, and so in terms of learning how to use it and the, um, you know, shortcomings of it and, you know, like that, it was, it was really, really useful for us. Afterwards, I have to say, I felt really uncomfortable. Like in the moment, I was just like, oh, this is a really interesting technology. But afterwards, it's like, I totally just completely like, <laughs> yeah, we can switch to this. Um, after, after this, this right. but it was all up there on Google. If anyone could go and look. Um, and in fact, what was interesting is that he could choose to blur it out. So my point is, you can't, you can't blur out necessarily your voice, nor can I stop myself from hearing someone. Like, mm. you, you, I, I can close my eyes, but, you know, covering my ears doesn't actually work. I've tried to sleep through things. It doesn't work. Um, and like, you know, so it might be just a case of, you know, the reality on the ground is that, um, we can do a lot more with uh, Ria than Yeah, that could be. That could be. But I want to try a, a, a um, let's try, how about if we reverse the reading and said as follows. Of course, all facts are private. When someone already talks to you, right, you might think that that breaks the, right, the quite right, is something, is, something, is, is speech the thing that is more, less likely to be private or more likely to be private? So you might say, uh, right, you might say, well, you know, speech things relate to speech. So, of course, you can talk about facts, but speech, I might, right, but speech is speech is us. Or I could say, of course, I can't talk about anything about somebody else unless they give me permission. But I might think that by talking to me, they have already they they have already breached their privacy about this. Whatever it is that they're saying, they shared with me that they said it. So once they breached their privacy, why should I assume intimacy? That is only between the two of us, unless they say so, right? It's a presumption, right? You know, I, maybe I should assume generally that what that if they say, you know, anything you really say to one person, they're really saying to the whole world. Um, so that speech is right, the, right? So that speech is the thing you'd be most likely to be mature. And Glimara comes along and says, no, even speech, you have to presume, right? Even, mm -hmm. even though speech is not private, speech is intimate. Because speak, right? Was once somebody said it, it's not we're not overhearing, right? Somebody said it to me, so they already, right? So whatever, so that fact about them that they said this cannot be private, right? They already said it to one of the person. <laughs> so I might have thought, I might have thought, well, okay, you know that the the normal the default states are private and public. This is not private, so it's public. And the answer is no. There's an in between state, which is intimate. That's a very weird presumption to make about the Gemara, considering there are maybe a thousand Gemaras about regulated speech and almost no Gemaras, since we've seen them all that regulate privacy. So to assume that privacy is a primary value and not speech in a standard Gemara when it could go either way is a very strange direction to go. I mean, that's like, you know, that's very, very circular. I've seen lots of Gemaras regulating privacy. Some of them were about speech. <laughs> I don't really, there aren't a thousand Gemaras about regulating speech. There's one Sugimim Vosra and one Arochim. I think there are many more questions and demands that 
talk about how you shouldn't say things or you should say things. I don't know. There's a whole part of the Torah called Bob There's another one called, right, called, you know, called um, uh, you know, Kabbalah. I understand you're trying to muddy the waters. But I don't think it's working. I, 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 <laughs> I don't understand it at all. I don't think it's really. <laughs> you think privacy is just as likely? If you have an average you know nothing about it, it's just as likely to be about privacy as to be about speech. Well, more likely. No, I don't think it's yeah, more likely, of course. <laughs> I think the move that Miri is making is linking this Gemara Nyoma to Gilu Sod, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily obvious. Like, okay. you said that Gilu Sod is something totally different. And this Gemara is just speaking about talking about speech in general. Okay, could be assuming that speech is unique and more likely to be right and more likely to be usher than what than revealing things about other people that are not speech, such as such as their education. Their right? I'm trying to think of things that aren't definitely lashon hara. Their education, well, their taste. In, their skin color, their taste in their taste in um, you know in soft drinks. I think I think the house is a great example. The house thing that their address. Uh, not only their address, like what their house looks like. So it might be interesting to talk about. It's not definitely less than people interested in it. Uh, right, the Gemara is an interesting case that you shouldn't praise your host over much in public because everyone everyone will go there and, right, and try and eat their food. <laughs> um, so that's like you know I think that. Um, Giving out right, giving out people's address. Now, all you know, all these things are obtainable, certainly for money, right? You can go to whitepages.com and pay a fee and find out about anybody and find anybody's cell phone number. But yet there's a social convention that we don't you, we don't try to find out people's cell phone numbers, right? We look up their home numbers, we don't look up their cell phone numbers. I think that might be an outdated social convention. Okay, could be. I don't think anybody here except for has a home phone. And yet cell phone numbers are not listed. There's no directory of cell phone numbers, right? Where there was a director, direct, there was always a directory of home phone numbers. But nonetheless, right, I say there is no, to my knowledge, right? There is, right, there is no directory where you can look up people by name and address and find, right, and find their and find their cell phone numbers. You always have to ask for their cell phone numbers. Well, some people put on Facebook. Some people do, right? People have the right, but there's no, right, but there's no directory. Sure. And that's a really interesting thing because the phone book. Was this huge thing, right? And everybody thought of phone numbers as public, right? You had to pay to unlist your number, and right, and now, right, and now you have to go everywhere to list your number. So that's a really interesting thing. We don't relate to cell phones, um, and I think it's pretty clear it's because you carry your cell phone with you, mm-hmm. and therefore, right, therefore, it really gives people a claim on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. No, I think I think well, no, I think the phone was not in the bedroom. I mean, do they still publish phone books of home numbers? They don't publish anything, but there's no online directory. Is there an online directory of home phone numbers now? Uh, I think so. I think if you look up if you look up whitepages.com, you'll get phone numbers if people have home I phone numbers. I just Googled myself and you can find uh, both our childhood phone number and uh, the current landline number. Now that I may just have that may have you know straight economic features. But um, but I, I I suspect it developed for a real for a real reason that people that cell phones make you so much less cell phones take away which is why I, you know I, I resist them mm-hmm. might in Maine um, you know and I've essentially tried to turn my phone number into an, my cell phone into an answering machine at best uh, my cell phone is like that and my ringer is off and it goes to, it goes to my email and I get a message on my email mm-hmm. and if people want people want to call me they should call my home phone. And by, it doesn't get you anything. Calling doesn't get you anything other than email doesn't. 
calling myself and looking at it, and I'm like trying to keep the number secret. But I'm, you know, maybe I'm a, a terribly old-fashioned person. But um, I like to think that we that that was what we were doing. I like to think that's what we were doing. Um, okay, Yehuda obviously you know, uh, is trying to muddy the waters. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is clearly a greater breach of trust to uh, tell everybody, let's take the principal's case. The person who committed the greatest breach of trust there is clearly the person who said, I think I was there once, that might be the house. Because they're the one who revealed something that was revealed to them on purpose. Everyone else was just guessing and stalking mm. them, which is a much smaller breach of trust. I think it's pretty clear. That stalking is a smaller breach of trust than revealing something they told me. I like the word breach of trust because when I was thinking about it afterwards, I was like, you know, I didn't penetrate. I didn't look in his windows or whatever. In fact, I didn't look at his house at all. Like, and I didn't see anything that wasn't private. But the reason I was uncomfortable is I was thinking about it. Had he come along the like hallway and folks headed and said, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" I would have felt like I had done something wrong. I was like, I don't know what it was, but it felt that way. Um, mm -hmm. And what it was was breach of trust. That you know, that information for whatever reason feels like it should be private. So maybe we need to distinguish, right? There really, people like to distinguish between privacy and confidentiality. What I'm trying to come, what I'm trying to come towards, I think, is a different category, which is the right not to be the focus of other people's attention, which is not the same thing as privacy. Hmm. Because even in a right, even right, if I'm walking in through a room, right, you know, it's like it's a it's a a thing. Um, Let's say, right? I, uh, I I will leave out I will leave out the name of, of the Ayn uh, Talmud Chacham who told me the story about his youth. Let's from up on the river who it was. Um, whereas you know, if there was if you know, I'll try to tell the story as generically as I can. A right there is a there is a young there's a, there's a young man sitting in a in a Haredi based medrash, and uh, and he is dressed uh, he is dressed very relaxed, modern you know, modern, modern Orthodox. It, uh, everyone else is wearing black. And you know, in jackets and wool and polyester, and long sleeves, and he's wearing a polo shirt and sandals. Everyone else wearing shoes. And um, at some point, he takes off his sandals, even. And like the whole base bedroom just like just can't deal with <laughs> how, how comfortable he looks. <laughs> Um, and he is he, he has yifas, so they can, right. Nobody can object to anything he does in this because he has yifas. And you know, and it goes on like that for like ten minutes. The base is in this state of you know, stasis, and finally one other right, it was staring at him. Right, finally one other guy says ha, and he takes off his shoes. At which point, my friend immediately puts back on his sandals and starts staring at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who folds inside of 30 seconds? Um, that, that would probably be now you read violate his privacy. What you don't know his truth in public. What you violated was his right to be anonymous in a crowd. Is that a violation of anything? Right. So that is the question. But I want to argue. I see no reason why that would be. You see no reason why that would be. Don't think that my friend did anything wrong by doing this. Yeah. If you take a picture of a bunch of people who are assembled on a street on a random day, and then you decide to play Where's Waldo with this one guy, Tani, who you have like a nice little box on the side, so everybody knows that they can look for your face in this picture. I mean, and now all the children a, across the U.S. Taking a picture might be different, but staring at someone in public, I would see no reason. What's the difference? 
Well, they disagreed to that example. Certainly, no, he said he violated. They was clearly doing the wrong thing. <laughs> so, yes, no, I think that's probably right. That's probably right. There's probably no sir. But I think it was a grave violation of their affairs. Okay, fine. Or just to flip it, is yeah. the problem that he's interrupting their learning by not following the proprieties and social rules of the space. Yeah, and I they see. are utilizing in a very appropriate and respectful way their right to publicly shame, quote unquote, um, him to, so that the proprieties will be observed and they can return to their learning, which is why they're there. He's interfering with them. Well, no, I think everyone staring at him was perfectly legitimate. He did it, you know, and he was trying to play the game of how far he could push it without interrupting the learning. Once, once he was interrupting the learning, so then he tried to make up for it by you know, preventing anyone from following him. I think that was the chutzpah that he was engaged in. Um, but do you not feel like when you, you know that when you're sitting in a restaurant that it would be inappropriate for someone to be watching you eat? Inappropriate and us are very different things. I agree. I agree. Inappropriate and us are, I think it'd be, but if there's something inappropriate, then there's something underlying it, right? I don't think, I don't, right? There might be other halachas, right? This might not be the halacha, but it will tell you, it might tell you something about what underlies the halacha, right? If there's, if the, if the Gemara tells you there's a principle of Derek Harris, the principle of Derek Harris is that people have a right to public privacy. Do you, do you think, I think this is the difference between, yeah. this is the, the there's, there's up, cultural, yeah. there's right, you know, the three levels of culture, you've got surface, shallow, and deep, right? Where surface is, you know, what you look like, your music, your, your dress, uh, and shallow is things like where it's appropriate to meet people's eyes, when and where it's appropriate to stare, and when you shouldn't stare. Um, you know, in some cultures, meeting your eyes is aggressive, and in some it's respectful, um, like that. So that's the shallow culture. And if you don't follow the rules of shallow culture, then you're very uncomfortable. However, I don't think that those rules necessary, necessarily hook up to underlying values, the deep culture, things like it's really important to respect your grandparents because mm. or your parents, because if it turns out that you're staring at them and they find out, oh, you were staring at them because you, you know, didn't understand that's not appropriate in this culture, then immediately they don't worry about it because they know that you weren't actually disrespecting their grandparents. So they're not actually connected. Um, and so I think mm. that um, I think that it might be a problem to attach halacha to shallow culture. Ramacha, what do you want to say? Um, I've been thinking about the Britney Spears testimony, right? So mm. in, in her testimony, um, like, like about the conservatorship, she mentions that um, paparazzi took photographs of her crying when she was leaving her therapist's office, right? Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that it seems pretty clear we, we want to be usher, right? Like, yeah. that's not okay. Whether it's okay and whether it's usher, I think are two different things. Why? Well, why is everything that's not okay usher? I don't know. You think you think God thinks that things aren't okay, and we can all see plainly with our eyes that they're morally wrong, but we should just allow them to happen anyway. Do we just things like that? We can just say the We can make them as us as we like. We don't need them to be. We don't need special tools for things that actually embarrass the person. Yeah. It's only when we're doing things that aren't obviously embarrassing, like you know the shoe thing. There's a, that's a more, even that's probably more than they about it. That when we stop and stare at someone. So, why? Why are you, how are you doing anything to your anything to her? You're just taking pictures of something that she was already doing. You're embarrassing in her in public. How are you embarrassing her? Embarrassing she is doing a thing. You are taking pictures of that so, thing. Hey, We're not doing anything. Hey, Jacob, what do you want to say? Oh, I didn't have anything to say. Okay. Let's take a picture of some action. You seem to really believe that taking pictures is a different action from like having things happen in public. Do you think it's okay? Like, 
stalking is a very common thing that we right that we treat in the modern world, right? So do you think it's okay for someone to just be there every time she leaves the therapist because they want to know? Right. That so she... I think it's okay. Yeah. No. Okay. So <laughs> right. Yeah. But the reason that just stop taking someone's picture versus taking the picture of her crying as she's leaving the office. Yeah is not even because it would embarrass her because had she been concerned about being embarrassed she could have finished crying inside you know wiped her face off in the bathroom which you know we all have done and then go out mm -hmm. um but what if they went into the building she doesn't necessarily have choices they went into the building that's, 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 that's we'll just assume that but the reason that she cares that the picture is out there as opposed to the picture of her in the supermarket you know like buying and maybe not looking her best you know which she also doesn't want maybe out there but this one means number one it, 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 it's attacking her very identity it's yeah. revealing to other people like who she is and it's making maybe her feel a little unsafe i'm trying this is what i'm, I'm not sure well, of yeah this okay is so we should probably move away from the specific example because it was just, no, it's it was a good just... example because this is the heart of right but of yeah it like, gets to that the okay. violent person. Right, this, this, is, this is the kind of stuff that, that, that we're talking about. I guess. Exactly. I, I feel so like I I'm compounding it by talking about it. The public question is a burden question. And in halakha, we usually assume the burden is on people who go in public to not look weird. And we have all kinds of halakha that are about going public, not looking weird in public. From Tom and Tom having a stand in the shirt, not eating in public. So, and as in our society, we generally assume that the burden is on public to not look at the people, which is why it feels so mm -hmm. wrong to us, because once you remove the burden to not look weird in public, we don't have in our society, there's no real burden to not look weird in public, then mm -hmm. you need a new con uh, burden on the people in public to not look at people weirdly. But we only need that because we've removed the burden that Halakha has, which is why there are no Halakha that is, because Halakha we generally assume the burden of all people going in public to not look weird. See, I think, I think when that... you say look weird, you mean looking weirdly at someone? No, I mean standing out. I mean standing out. I should do standing mm -hmm. okay. I mean look weird and standing out. See, are you connecting that to the Britney Spears? Or are you I'm not talking about Britney Spears at all. I'm just... Okay. I, I think that, so what I'm trying to argue is that has a, the whole conversation has a great, <coughs> has a is that Halakha apportions the burden in each case differently. Right, because that's in private, so there could be some question, because it's a private space. No one ever yeah. thinks you have to build a wall in the Shitarabim or in any public area. It's only because it's a Chatzah You build a wall against the Shitarabim, that's why, that's the reason we... You have to not be because it's and then we can start to have questions of how much privacy and what exactly you need to do. Mm -hmm. But in really public spaces, like spaces that don't belong to anybody, yeah. the street, there's no, yeah. the burden is on the people going there to look strange. And the burden is so strongly not to look strange that it becomes impossible if the public starts to intrude upon the private side, which is why we have all these things about being walls to do that. Um, you, th you think there's no precedent in halacha yeah. for putting the burden on the other person? Yes. Um, there's no equivalent to the Shulchan Aruch Harav saying it out to look into your neighbor's chutzir, right? That you're let, right? That you, you well, are. Maybe there would be because again, that's a private space. Intruding on other people's private spaces is an issue. We can talk about that. But once you're in a public space, or if we can, we can do it. Once you're on the internet, anyone can find you by googling. There is no burden in halacha about what to do with that information. So I'd like not to to think that. All right, that's that is our uh, that you know gufa. That gufa is the is the question. But how you set up, uh, how you set up, how you set up burdens in uh, in public spaces. Um, is there some kind of right? Is there a right to control your image? So one could argue like that's a big part of what these sermon and are about. They're putting burdens on other people. 
to allow you to shape your image. So let's take a very literal example of that. It's considered, at least according to New York, New York article a few years ago, it's considered rude in modern Chinese culture to post a picture of you with your friend unless you Photoshop them first, because all the public images of them are Photoshopped. This is a very literal sense, controlling your image. Um, is that a violation of their privacy to post an image of you, just a picture of you? They're fine with their posting. There's nothing in that they object to except the fact you didn't Photoshop them first. But in by Photoshop. So that's an interesting thing, um, right? We have this kind of this, but you know, kind of about we whether you can um, post people's. You already have their photos. Can you post them on a Facebook page that they don't want to be associated with? Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Because you associate them with something they didn't want to be associated with, even though there's nothing private. Um, okay, so I think that's I think that's a good question. Uh, I'm yeah. I, I don't think I certainly don't think I have proven the existence of such a thing. Um, I just want to at least raise the question. I want, to, but I, want, I do want to talk about Rebellion because Rebellion, Rebellion is is the way in which I think the other people have tried to get there get there. So I want to read the Rebellion and see and mm -hmm. see if we can do that. Um, okay. Um, so v'chayav adam l'hastir hasoda shriglei lav kaviru der seiter. That's fine. So it's keeping confidentiality is a value, even um, even when there is no issue of rechilut. So what is the definition of rechilus? Mm -hmm. Like obviously it's not found by the Rambam or whatever. Like, like does he define it elsewhere? Um, I guess he probably defines it in the preceding paragraphs, but I think you're probably right if relying on the Rambam. It's like the idea of something that's true. Like, what True. <laughs> well, it we disagreed about the Rambam's definition was too. Yeah, right. If we accepted my definition, there's no problem at all, because mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it doesn't involve the repetition of someone else's opinion. No, it's just telling someone else's plan. He definitely doesn't have the Kesef Mishnah on the Rambam. Um, this is true. <laughs> so that I tell you the Kesef Mishnah is not coming out of nowhere. Would he pass him like the Rambam anyway? Like, does he define this? I don't know. We have to look at the previous paragraphs. He claims kiyesh begil esod nezek liv alav v'sibal hafer machshavto. Right. So, breach of confidentiality. The example he's talking about is revealing someone's plans, which allows other people to which are able, which 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 someone gave you secretly, which you know they're once someone other people know their plans, right? If they're planning to buy the property next to the railroad and you and you, and you spill that, then everyone else is right. That right. Everyone everyone else can do that also. Okay. Right. That's. I think we can all understand, right, that the word, the word, that there are situations where revealing something told to you in confidence will damage the other part, mm -hmm. right, and that there should be a duty not to do that. Okay, fine. Okay, here, Tani, tell me how you read the next line. I want you to read it to us and tell me what you think. It's the bold line. So violates or. It's not the path of snood. Uh -huh. um, and it's departs from the path of state. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I guess, the best translation I would have for this is like violating the knowledge of the person. So, like, he didn't, he didn't want the secret to be told, and you're telling him. You're going against his intention. So, what? Am I not? Am I, am I never allowed to, to go against? Someone else's desire, Jacob. So, in general, it's, it's just bad meetups to do things other people don't want you to do because I have to learn how to come up. 
I think Baal Hasod is not a coincidence here. It's the owner of the Sod. We're using Baal Hasod very literally here. You generally can't go against the owner's desires or things that they own. That is generally Baal. Is it really so? I can't go against their wishes? You can't do something with someone's stuff. They don't want you to do it this time. You wish to treat a soda as property. Yes. I think think that's what you mean by Baal Hasod. I think that's so. What is Derech Hatsniut? <laughs> I'm not sure. Ach, it's not. It's not up to Derech Hatsniut yet. I'm not convinced. I think that comes before Bavir. Well, I can get. Anyway, I'm not sure. Ach, it's That I'm still not convinced. Uh, Lexi, how did you read Yetsami Derech Hatsniut? But like, it's not. It's not Sanua. Oh, can't happening. hear you. Yeah, your good sound has been off. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I assumed it was just like that it's not a Tanoa way of acting. That sounds like we're using the same word twice to tell you what is not Tanoa about this way of acting. It's not like it's not again, it's not good Derek Eretz. It's not a like a like a modest, appropriate, like good way of interacting with others. Well, I think you could argue it's violating his privacy. Well, there are two things I could yeah. say. It's kind of like revealing a secret can be like whoever it's about it could be like affecting their like inviolate person, that that concept. Yeah. And then the other way I don't remember where it was brought but we saw like something quoting or referencing that new game is used Concerned with Nayo, kind of meaning stringent, maybe stringent in a way that affects reputation, but it, it could be it's it's not the way to be stringent. Hmm. By the way, I looked it up and I might Achyatza is a passive reference. Ah. To the passive Vahi Achyatza Yakov Meitnei what? Oh, right. Yeah, Okay, where did they get us? I think they're saying that just it means no sooner or just add. At the moment in which you leave the Delphi's news, you're also being because otherwise, nah. do you have a better translation? Yeah, also, or especially. That's not what it means in the positive, it's not what it means in yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Can, I'll keep looking. Let's see if I can find somewhere where it means that. I can find somewhere else where it means that I'll believe you. Ach yatza or just ach? Ach yatza. I want to know what ach yatza means. Ach and then yatza. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think we should have to keep it without being put since. I, I think we can pun. Mm. I think you like punning. Yeah. Um, doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, right. So I think we, you know, it sounds like some of you are willing to. I guess but next, I think it's one sentence, right? Right. This is all Hashanit. So it has to be one, right? This is all one reason. Ah. It can't be, right? Otherwise, it'd be two and three. Well, I mean, I guess that that, that relies on you reading the previous reason as one reason. Or yeah. you, you could read that as two also. But this is Hashanit. So when you read the first one as two, it doesn't get to be Hashanit. And don't worry about it not saying Rishon. I checked that and he, he says Hashanit all through the book without saying Rishon. So then maybe it could still be the same thing because the prototypical case of Mughal is so there are ways that 
like it, the prototypical case I'm taking is the case with like the dianim, because that's where it's act where the liquid is quoted in the Gemara. There are elements in which it seems to be maybe about challenging authority. Um, because the secret is more that you held is about you holding a different opinion. Yeah. So there are ways that it, it seems to be about challenging authority. So maybe the Darachnia is just kind of challenge. You're affecting, there could be a way that maybe in revealing the secret, you're talking about who told it to you and affecting their authority and dignity. Their authority and dignity. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like thinking better than authority because there are lots of cases where I don't think there's authority. Yeah. So I, right. So I understand the analogy, but uh, mm -hmm. okay. So it seems is in a sense a pun because lasnia is to hide. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you reveal a secret, you obviously that's not Sanoa. Right. Because like, someone was matzni, someone was matzniya the secret with you, and you were and you and you, you have failed to keep it Sanoa. The question is, what's the connection between Sneos and Avirol dot? And a real dot balasod. Well, the balasod intended to be tsunua. <laughs> balasod intended it to be tsunua. Right, that's my question, right? Or is the balasod intend to be tsunua? Right. Mm. So, uh, right, that's the way to get it to mean privacy, right? Mm. That the balasod gave you something about himself, and. The Balasur's intent is to be Tsanua, right? Which is to have this thing about, about him or herself not be known. And so now you are, you know, in some sense, uh, removing a, an article of personal clothing. Right. So I, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's how I think it gets to mean, right? I think that the way to get it to read as privacy is to claim that Sneus is something that relates to, it, you know, to, your, right, to your person. And that anytime you reveal something about someone else that they don't want you to, oh. right? That that's a violation of your person. And then we have a. So, right, right, so are we yeah. understanding Balsod as the person telling you a secret or the person's secrets about? I think the person is telling you the secret. Okay. Right. That's the all he says. Soda right? That's our yeah. that's our capstone. If you're telling a secret about someone else, so. That might already be Lashon Hara, right? The other, if the if if I tell you something about Tani, right? right. So then you tell that you're violating both of our privacy. Mm -hmm. But right, okay. but if I just tell you something about myself, you're still violating my privacy. Yeah. Okay. Right. Even though there's no uh, third yeah. party. Right. So I think the the Rebbe you know, who I think Rebbe right? If you read it this way, that right, that's the that's the best chance we have, right? Because right, he invents a term, Derefsnius. And it doesn't exist before and it doesn't exist afterwards. Uh, right, he invents right, he invents the term. I don't afterwards is from doesn't exist before People quote him. To my knowledge, nobody has ever creatively attempted to say this is a violation of their and using Rabinayona to tell us something else. Uh, maybe some of the most recent articles. Using, tried. People, people, using people use the term Derefatsia. Yeah, they do, but they use a bunch of but usually they use they just mean snooze. You know, mm. in a conventional sense, uh, uh, okay. physical modesty. The other, the other way they use it, they often use it when they argue with, when they argue with, um, with, with greater rabbinic figures. 
is the Alpha Pishani would say Midirah Chasnius. Right, I'm putting myself forward. Um, but I think this way, people quote it, and maybe we'll, you know, we'll, I, I think it's a very creative move. I think it's a very creative move. And how is this different from regular snoot? Well, because regular snoot is about bodies. No? Is it? Okay, so if we want to build up an right, so what is right? So what right? So, so we want to claim that regular snoot is about privacy. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's about not revealing <laughs> more of yourself than. Great. So they right you know, them. We have that already. Now we just yeah. have to figure out how much Allah can force it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I would go down that path. Okay. Uh, right. And what Makaras are you going to use that phrase? Ready? What, what else? This Kamara's about snoot. Okay. So you want to think that you, you think there are many others? I've been wondering why we haven't focused more on snoot the past three and a half weeks. Uh, because I don't know that there are. Uh... I mean, in terms of halachic force, that, that might be an issue. But in terms of the value of snoot, of snoot being privacy, mm-hmm. I, I think that's legitimate. I Interesting. So I yep, look forward to all the regard. <laughs> uh, so you have and um, you have you have modesty, right? But this is not so much about modesty, unless you get the idea that self. Any other person's modesty? <laughs> yes, you. Is there any other force? 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 I don't think it means about it. I don't think so. I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. Ve'omer Shlomo Allah HaShalom Goles Sod Halech Rachil. So then he basically, he complicates it, right? He says, right, that when Shlomo says Goles Sod Halech Rachil, Rosanel Lamar, Im Tire'e Ish E'nenu Moshel Berucho Lishmor L'Shalom Begilei Sod, Afal Pish E'en Machsof HaSod Ha'u Inyan Rachilut Ben Adam L'Chavero, To Be'ev HaMidah HaZot Liyot Halech Rachil. So now it becomes a character thing that if you don't if you don't get in the habit of confidentiality, then you will eventually reveal secrets that other people uh, that other people that other people aren't. And the reverse is you shouldn't try giving secrets to people who don't. Right. So that 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 I have to admit complicates it and um, yeah. right, it turns into a character trait. And I'm not mm-hmm. um, I'm not uh, you know, I, I would be happier if you hadn't gone on. <laughs> but yeah. uh, when he's a certain amount of integrity. Um, Okay, and I gave you the other Meiri just to see if Meiri if, if is really consistent about it just being um, either by his definition or his context. Meiri says, There are people who don't, right, their self-image is not of gossipers when they say things that aren't secrets. They are not aroused by this. And that's what Halech Rachil Megalesod means, um, right? That the Yiches Giluyasod Rachil Vetik Milatsod Bemidat Neman Ruach El Milat Davar La Rod Shirachil Mirotav Alutav Legalot Sod. There's a lot more Af Mashuv Zarla, right? So, it, first of all, it sounds like he's only talking about words, and secondly, it sounds like he's talking right. He's only talking about character. Let us say, well, Neman Ruach Lo Dayo Lechasod Sod. There's a lot more Mashuv Zarla. Demiri does not seem to be going with me because he says like the only things that there's a real need to keep secret 
and we're only talking about things that you overheard by accident as opposed to things that someone told you. Right? I thought Pshat and Gemara was anything anyone tells you, you should presume is incompetence. And the area says, no, right? It's if you overhear things and you realize that there's a reason there should be a secret, you should keep them even if someone, no one told you that. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's getting it from the Gemara. <laughs> Except it sounds pretty clear as putting, I think. I mean, that, that line initially is not quoted by the Gemara. Uh, but he quoted, it's the same thing he quoted in his parish on the Gemara. Right. So, okay, we don't know how he read the Gemara. Mm-hmm. Yes. By the way, really only did not this all and not even this term in this context. It's Rashi and Shkola about telling secrets. <laughs> what does Rashi say? So, okay. the Pasuk is, um, the Pasuk, uh, Yeah. Um, didn't tell him the Rav Lucha, he just told him to yeah. down the donkeys. And now she says that Rav Lucha just told him to yeah. down the donkeys. That's definitely where he's getting it from. It's about telling secrets. And it's in Rashi and Shemuel, which he definitely had. Who doesn't tell Rav Lucha? Shemuel. It's not telling so him. So they're telling himself. Yeah, he doesn't tell him. Hmm. But it's definitely where he's coming from. Everybody else is talking about other people. Because he removes the bowel from the donkeys, removes it to the open of the bowel, like we were saying. Yeah, I think Erebeliota is still, it's still a, to talk about it as a violation of someone else's snoot, I think is, is a big fetish. It might be a fetish, but it's definitely what he gets the term from. You think he gets the term? Okay. He has to get, get the term from that. That's right. fine if he gets the term I mean, from that. Shoal doesn't tell it, doesn't, Shoal doesn't say so because they're off snoot. For someone to tell it about Shoal would be devalued. It's the transitive power of snoot. It's not transitive, it's that you're removing the opportunity to have a positive character thing. Just follow what I said. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, okay, so it could be that Gilei Sod is the um, is the way is the way there, and then what, right, and the, the question is whether Gilei Sod has any halachic force at all, and if mm. it does, right, if it have, does it have halachic force that goes this broadly, and right, how are we going to formulate it, um, right? We could we could. Do you give the equivalent of um, you know, of uh, what people want with regard to sexuality on college campus? That you need actual affirmative consent for everything. You can't say anything, right? And that that sounds like a Chavis Chaim society, right? That you need affirmative consent for right for everything, and you have the same problem you have, right? And you know that it that it causes uh, society to come to a screeching halt uh, if you require affirmative consent. Uh, or what you, you end up probably doing is just creating a new set of defaults. Right? People have to sign contracts in advance stating that the following constitutes consent. And building such a broad concept out of Kibbutzot, I think, would be radical given that the Gemara never uses it to mean revealing secrets about someone else. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, right. I think that's um, so you can't build it out of Kibbutzot directly. The question is can you say that Kibbutzot is an underlying value and then? Use it to justify creating penumbras around the others. And the way we do, so an analogy would be the way we build Sarbal Chaim. There's no issue with Sarbal Chaim. The Gemara says Sarbal Chaim do right. So, what we have, what we have, Shulach Hakain, and we have Osovias Beno, and we have, right, we have Losak or Rishor, right? right? And so we say, look, they're right, we have, right, we have, um, right, you know, we have these we have these cases and we build something and we we have an intuition that this is right that that's what's underneath them and so because we have an intuition we expand them yeah we're not building it from gilesod right we're not building we're using gilesod as our 
as our rationale for building for building for building all the others. Building all the others into Gilly Sode? Into privacy. So what are we using Gilly Sode for? As Gilly Sode teaches us that we care about privacy a great deal. And now we have to figure out how we how we embody that into law. I mean, where do we get the idea of Gilly Sode from though? Gemara. Gemara doesn't talk about Gilly Sode in that context. You think it's just for Benio? You're not convinced that he's that he's mm -mm. that he's properly interpreting that Gemara. I mean, I'm not convinced that Rabbi Yona is speaking halakhically. Right? We're not talking. I'm not arguing we're talking halakhically. I'm, really, I'm trying to claim that the Gilly Sode is bad. Gilly Sode is bad. It is bad because we think that people should have a right, not just to privacy, but to what I'm calling public privacy. And there are things that can be known about them. But that, right, that, there's, right, that we have no interest in maximizing the amount of knowledge people have about people. Okay. Rather the other way around, right? We have, we have, we have an interest in allowing people to, right, in, allow, in allowing people to, uh, right, to as much as possible control information about them. And then we'll see. Okay, so now we have to figure out where, you know, where that plays out. Halakhically, you know, we could take this right really seriously about revealing secrets. Um, but I don't think, you know, we could claim that it's like, like Sarbal Chaim, like we could claim that when it gets, just gets too egregious, we're just going to claim it's in some magical way. Even though there's nothing in the Torah that says specifically, you shall not kick your puppy. Um, right, so Sarbal Chaim is an extreme example, right? Where we call it Deraisa, even though it's right, even though it has also no- Also the Gemara already did that. Pardon? Also the Gemara already also did that. Also the Gemara already did that. Well, that's, maybe that's what the Gemara does here, right? When it says, right, maybe that's what the Gemara means, right? When it says, Bival Yomar. I, I still don't see any evidence that goes against the basic breach of trust hypothesis, which is that they trust you with something. I don't see anything that would prevent you from revealing eavesdrop information. Well, Rebecca, you say there's implicit trust. Somebody said, right, that it was just things that you that you heard that you heard from McCrae. That was Miri, yeah. That was Miri, right? So Miri certainly takes it past past right past breach of confidence, <laughs> right? Things Sean McCrae. Um, Okay, I don't know that we can get. Um, I like Derek's suit, and I thought that yeah. I like Derek's suit also because you're willing to read all the other suit commerce that way. Yeah. So then, okay, so we have suit as a universal value. Yeah. We'll call it privacy. We don't need Gilly suit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're willing to accept, you know, if you're willing to accept that suit always means. I think there's a lot more support for suit in the Gemara than there is for Gilly suit. Okay. Uh, I don't know of other, any other case to say where somebody says, how do we know that you shouldn't violate someone else's suit that way, other than as an Ezekian thing in terms of being a Vayish thing? So violating someone else's suit, fine. So then we need cases like this. Right, that's right. right. This is an example of suit, as opposed to suit being an example of so That's correct. I think, well, you know, I think, oh, I mean, you could do it either way, right? You know, you might say that the problem, you know, is that I would, I would like to, you know, to, I would like to argue, but this, you know, I would like to argue that people have a, People have a right to be protected from other people's projections of themselves, also, because right, you know, that's why I read that you have a right to to um, to have a, you know to control what you think about, also, and people thrusting themselves into your uh, into your space over much is also a violation of a different kind of of, of a mm -hmm. different kind of inviolate person. Um, but um, but I think that 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 probably takes more proof. So you has a number of problems, though. First of all, it's topical. There are certain topics you have to read Samula about, but like telling them what bread they ate yesterday, like the creepy thing, the Where's Waldo thing. You make a picture of Where's Waldo, and you search for this guy's face in each picture, would not be a violation of secrecy. 
haven't done anything good, they haven't done anything bad. There's nothing untenue about walking in public. You're not making a way good studios by finding them on every page of the at all. Why not? Uh, because theater is always been topical. I know, also, people thought they watch it that their house, their also, house was this. you don't get a choice about sneakers, which is complicated. You can say this is a thing you need to be to know about. Sneakers is a halacha in the sense it's opposed by, imposed by God. It's not imposed by people. I think it's the halacha of sneakers, the value of sneakers. Well, no, what I mean by that is that you can't say I'm ripping away your sneakers. This is not something you need to be to know about. And you can say I'm ripping away your sneakers even if I don't want to be to know about this. Like I could like, easily publish an article in the newspaper saying this about myself, and I could possibly to read it because you're ripping away his students, even though his goal was fine. But what, what, but I think the argument is you have to be to know about everything. I don't think that's an argument anyone would make seriously. Yeah, I know. That would be. Maybe the Chafetz Chaim. Maybe the Chafetz I don't know. I thought Tony was making it seriously. Yeah. yeah. You think you have to be to know about everything? Sounds all the way from tomorrow. Where? Mm -hmm. Which one? Uh, mm. Then on the bed, it says like if things that are public, you need to be to know about kavul homer things in private. There's no Scatological, I put under sexual, it's close. Um, sexual and scatological, and there's the opposite of Yuma. Then there's the recorded land, there's a local Bashuk. So it's all, all, so it's all <laughs> physical. Bashuk is the same thing. It's all bottom, physical functions. It has two categories bodily privacy and the opposite of Yuma. I mean, Michael says people. there's three things God wants you to do, and Sneud is one of them. <laughs> right, but my point is Sneud has. But you think that's what the is about not telling everybody how awesome you are in your worship of God. That's what it's about. Okay. And I think this is another but it's, example. It's fine with telling everyone how awesome you are as a baseball player. Um, it might be that if something's unusually awesome, it's still it let me be fine. Do you want to nail me down? I'll say there's bodily privacy and there's not drag. Those are the two things that you have about state. But not bragging. Yes. What's wrong with bragging? That's enough. In a way that makes it harder for other, it can make it hard for other people to have a strong sense of self. The first of your Averos is also like it's news. Hmm. Might be he's the only one to use it that way. I don't know. But. Yeah. And your good characteristics. I we have it may be like you know that you know that it's usher to be a celebrity is a fairly recent phenomenon. Like, like what 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 did it mean to be a celebrity in uh, in previous ages? And to be a king, like the figures just heard about Shovel. He was talking about how he's gonna be a celebrity, and everyone's gonna know about him. And he was next up in Hakalim. We like about him. Right, yes, yes. But he was Sanua. That, that's what uh, that's what I should say. I'm picking up. Yeah, so you're right. So like everything else, so, you know, you, you need um if you're a public figure, you need to carry off public things. And mm -hmm. part of being a public figure is you sacrifice your sales. Mm -hmm. And you know, as in all things, right, we, we want we want the people to do it who are who are, who, who most feel the sacrifice, but mm -hmm. those are the people least likely to do it. And right, so uh, yeah, how you balance that, you know, people have to have some get some. Satisfaction out of it, but, or else there's no way they'll do it. 
Or you can yeah, take it a different way. You can say that the proper way to be clear as a king is to obviate the self in favor of the state. Similar to the popular, pop, the best way to be clear as a, as a Tamil Chacham is to obviate yourself in favor of the Torah. So you should see all the good things about yourself as you know, like channels for the greatness of Torah. They should, uh -huh. they should ignore the self. Maybe Thomas or Beckett, where you just lose yourself in the role. Yeah, and I think that's how you can be to do it, a public figure. If you're the head of an organization, you, lose, you should just be the organization as far as people can tell. So then I think it's what Matryoshki talked about with yesterday. Yeah, that as a public figure, he was just a public figure. Um, and the question is, like, yeah, I think the real success is that everyone knows it, right? That, that was Matryoshki's idea. Right? I mean, you know, can you put on a spectacular performance and yet have everyone knows it? know at some level that it's a performance yeah. but convince them that you're so deep that even though right that the performance was deep enough that it was that you know that it was that it was that it's as deep as a real person it's just that you're a lot deeper than that mm -hmm. i think david was successful at that at Shaul's doc for example Shaul did uh, not update himself Shaul was very to do it he did not update himself in favor of the state um Shaul couldn't you know and Shaul, i guess in general like Shaul couldn't handle the Dual role, I think, is the is the uh, is, is I think a reasonable. And while regularly, while we refer to David as say Ben Gishai, which is like a great example of obviating the self, we literally ignore him in the family until he's dead. Then we refer to David. But uh, <laughs> it's Shaul didn't pull that off because he could only see the self, and in the self, you have to be as new as possible, and it just ruins everything because he can't be a king. Is that something that we base a lot on, or is that just like a level? Well, we have all kinds of rules of what kings have to do. Because you've got David's, you know, his mighty warriors, his Giborim. You know, I think that that was just something that people did, in fact, still do. Um, the Giborim were not, you know, and were not really leaders. They were not public figures, per se. But we still don't know their name. You refer to them as Giborim, exactly. and we don't know them. I think that's a success. They were names of the capital N. And, and we talk, there are lots of, okay. there are lots of halakhala about how the king has to obviate the self and do things that are otherwise not there because it will decrease exactly. their status of the state. It's okay to be, to flaunt yourself, the, you know, I don't, be proud and to have people know about you. I think, well, like I said, I think you have to think of the dual role. And like, yeah. the, the, like the king is a great example because there are many, many instances where the king has to violate halacha and harm the self in order to have the honor of the state be upheld. I think David dancing is you know, the place where it really comes out. Um, you know, in the dialogue with Michal about whether he, he is being unsunu or not. Mm. Um, and he claims essentially that you're not seeing me there. It's just that the king needs to dance for God. And that's even yeah, that was very complicated. Okay. I think that's that's progress. Let's go, let's let's take a look at the uh, let's take a look at the case of the uh, Diana. Um okay, so Gamruz and the Varhi of Achisnotan, a Gadol Shibadani Momer, each Ponyatazakai, each Ponyatakaya, right? So we're dealing with 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 um cases which are um what's the word when it's when both when the sides are adversarial. Adversarial cases, right? We're not dealing with a uh, with a criminal case. We don't know if the same alakha is true in a criminal case where um uh, where he just each ponyatazakai and there's no no, no chayav, right? But we can for now. We're, let's assume that that uh, that for, that whatever, whichever way we decide is not going to make a difference for overall issue. Although right? uh, we should be aware of that issue. How do we know that one of the yanim right that one of the shouldn't come out and say uh, I got overruled? Uh, 
לא תלך רכיל במכה, ואומר הולך רכיל מגל אסוד. So the מגל אסוד, of course, is circular here, right? Because unless you abandon it, it wouldn't be a sod. So it doesn't help you very much. He's only Miguel Asso, who said what? Because we tell them they're not ready. If we, for example, issued regulations saying that judges have to sign their opinions and the court has to issue a signed opinion, right? The way the Rabbinut does now. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're not Miguel Asso because there's no expectation of confidentiality. You might still be Miguel Asso if you reveal the deliberations, mm-hmm. uh, right? And the Supreme Court justices were very, very upset when uh, clerks started writing books that revealed deliberations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they signed their opinions. Well, don't they still have a lot of cameras on there? That's how we get the ridiculous courtroom sketches. Uh, well, that changed because of COVID. I mean, it's still like only recordings and not. It may only be the only loud voice and not and not uh, and not pictures. But they, you know, they were they tried very hard to maintain the the deliberation, uh, the confidence deliberations, and you know, then some clerks you know, got uh, broken. They're, I think they're still written one of the one of the recent books, like deep upset uh, with. Uh, they got really upset with, with Woodward's book. They were upset with Edward Woodward's book before that, I think. Um, Colin Woodward? Friend? Colin Woodward? Colin? Woodward. Bob Woodward. Oh, the president. Uh, the brethren. This is the Supreme Court book. Everyone talks to Woodward, no one knows why. <laughs> you know everything you say is getting, yeah, whatever. Uh, okay. Luminayan Lichashiatsa. Right, so, the, so the, the, um, you have the Mishnah, the Gemara quotes it and then tells you the story, right? After 22 years, Okay, I don't know what to do with this story. Uh, is it, right, obviously ambiguity, is it, is it only a court or, right, and, uh, or not, right? So there's some people who claim, which, right, that, um, Think that that is obvious, uh, right? So we should, I gave you a set of Harav, right? Who said it's obvious that the Bazi Din then were in the Beit Midrash because how could this possibly apply to anything other than the Beit Din? Uh, the, the Rambam explicitly changes that to a Beit doesn't he? The Rambam, uh, the Rambam so, says, so Beit Din is, is, is the one who takes him out, right? Ravami is like representation, right? He says, Maser Tamil Khan shall see the range never Beit Midrash, he'll see you Beit Din, me Beit Hamidrash, right? So that sounds like he's conflating the Beit Din and the Beit Midrash. And the uh, Seder Harav, right, who was Chaim David Alevi, who was the Sephardi Rav Rashi of uh, Tel Aviv, and a very cool figure, uh, a fascinating Shavuot, if you haven't read them. Um, so he says, right, Harim Mifurash Lehedia, Shabbatay Din Hayu Betoche Yeshivot Vatech Midrash. So he leaves out, right? So the question is, but can you expand this Gilei Sod at all? Beyond, if it's just a rule about courts, so yeah. then it's a very narrow thing, right? Because it can just be, right? So we get. Right, so when you look for rationales, so the rationales that people give you are, um, right, you know, so as not to curry favor. Mm-hmm. Right, we don't want that, right, we, or so as to prevent Dayanim from having, um, Dayanim from being, a, from being unpopular, right, you know, to prevent, prevent mm-hmm. court, court rulings from being occasions for populism. Yes, I think that the flow is very important. It's not in the mission, it's in it, and that means there must be something else to flow. You yeah. Say, uh, who did, you could say Shneemar or something. So any of the other many words we have to refer to a pasuk in the source or something. You say this violates this pasuk, but other things have to also violate this pasuk. But you can't say it's the okay. Pasuk. I'm fine with that. But so something else in this. Okay. I mean, like somebody tells you. Okay, and you say it, right? Do that's Gilly Sud, sure, but 
you expect him to treat it. He treats most halachas like that. It's a little weird. He walks uh -huh. Okay. But he says, unless maybe you think the baby drush thing, it really is just something that they do. Okay. Halacha's yeah. Tano seems to read it as a specific Beit Din Halacha, uh, very widely, right? That even if you were forced to, even if you didn't actually agree to sign, but your friends forged your signature, you still have to go along with it, which is really very odd. No, I think that's how, that's how he reads it. They, they, they forced him to sign. They forced, well, hechet timuhu right? Mm. They forced it as the so he signs, achay rabim lahatos, right? Right, right, so that's, he's already revealed it. It might just be a very, uh, a uh, very narrow case. Maybe it's just saying that in, in their courts, everybody signs the majority signature, whether or not they agree, in order to hide who holds which. And you still, even if you have your signature on it, you still can't claim the signature was your first to sign it because you lost the case. Period. He has to re-sign without it. As if, right, it's really, maybe he's dealing with, uh, with one of these cases where they made such a regulation because they were afraid of corruption, which happens in a lot of cases. Right, where one where one guy hangs the hangs the uh, the court, mm. and they force him to make a decision. Mm. But how do you force somebody? I think, like I said, I think it's just that he lost. He's in the minority. But he should still have to sign majority opinion because in his jurisdiction, everyone signs majority opinion. People who disagree. Then she did. Then she rubbed all of her. Right. They didn't say that. But it doesn't say that. It says Din Dayan Shechetimu Chaveira. Right. They forced him to sign by ruling. Why do they force him to sign? Not really that way. Otherwise, you, I guess you could dissolve the court, not sign. He could say any other day and hang the court. Sure. Or he could dissolve the court and say, I refuse to be part of the court that signs the signature. I don't think you have to finish the case. We don't know if it's a real case. Well, you know, he's talking about a case in which they put a gun to his head and they said, you have yes. to sign this. I don't think it is. We don't know if okay. he's talking about a real case. This uh, is one of the ones where plausibly it could be, but like. I don't think it's a real case, but I think it's an interesting claim, even as, as a not real case. I think it's a very interesting claim that. Um, but, that but it could be something that he, that he had seen come up. Uh, oh, I don't think he was a Diana. Really. Okay, um, yeah, I thought it was clear that he thought that the whole context was Diana's. Yeah. You later write an article that makes it clear that your opinion—you know, not referencing the case at all—but making it clear that your opinion was against it. Yeah, I think that's a difficult, difficult balance because, um, I, and I think when you sign the verdict, we're assuming that you're signing a verdict that has no rationale. You're just signing a verdict. Hmm. And once you put a rationale, then I don't think you can have people sign. You can force people to sign. Right. Because right, because the verdict is true, but the rationale, the, uh, you're not. But the rationale is not the province of a court to decide. Courts yeah. decide the case, not the law. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't. I would be, be very hard pressed to right to think. So I, I assume that you're just signing the verdict, and therefore, if you write an article afterwards, then that will not prove what your opinion was in the specific case, because unless you mention okay. it, because it, who knows what the rationale was of the court? Now, it turns out that, the, that there's no way the court could have read that result. Okay. Are you sure? Do we have such things? Do we have rationalist rulings? Various courts ever? Did we ever have that? Did we? I'm not sure we do. I've seen lots of things signed by many Diabetes, and like the Luna cases, they get put in the collections of Judah, even like attached to the end, but they always have rationales of some sort. So I think I think that I think in the Gemara system you often have uh, you often Gemara tell, gives you cases and the judge often says you know, right the judge says that's the ruling and then somebody says Dina Hachi, which suggests that they were not given a rationale mm -hmm. um, right I think that that was the uh, I think that then there's there's a um, there's a push against it which you know results in many ways from a, either lack of trust or lack of power. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Mm. I think that's the Gemara's model is that right, is that we did right is that uh, monetary cases are decided solely with a verdict and no rationale. Mm-hmm. And the rationale is only revealed to the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, that would be, um, and I think that I don't, you know, I'm not sure common law has rationales in cases. Why is there luckish concern about lying when? Why is there luckish concern about lying when? Is this the reason why the dissenting judge still has to sign or does, should not have to sign this because otherwise it's checked? Um, okay, so let's take a look at the Urshami, right? So that's right, you're quoting the Urshami, right? Uh, I wasn't sure it was compatible with what everyone else was saying, so let's check it. Right, so yes, yeah, so you're, you're right, so you're still. Uh, right, so right, right, so the um, Yochanan is, is bothered because he's afraid that Yochanan says if you don't make him sign, if you don't make people sign, then people will go curry favor and say, right, I really tried to do it and they didn't let me. And Rish Lakish says that um, if we don't make you sign, then um, so what, 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 what Rish Lakish says, my time Rish Lakish, why did Rish Lakish say? That we want everyone to write their verdict because right, Rish Lakish goes like the 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 um, the Josefta in um, in Idios, that the reason we, we mention minority opinions is in order to exclude them. And so if everybody signs as if they agree with the verdict, then you don't know that this minority opinion has been rejected. You can claim they haven't thought of it. So it's very important to right to right to say that there was a minority opinion so that you know that there was a minority opinion that was rejected. And then later, if somebody comes up with an opinion, that we can say ha. Yes, that's a very smart opinion, and it's already been rejected. Uh, but I don't think Rish Lakish won, right? We passed on like Rabbi right, right. I think all, everyone subsequently goes with Rabbi um, and Halacha, except in reality, everyone follows Rish Lakish. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the. I think that's uh, nowadays. In reality, now everyone is Rish Lakish. I don't know what the reality was in the medieval world, but the judges. Um, usually, I think what usually happened in medieval courts is that only, only the judges formed because they already knew their answers. The courts were formed because they already knew their answers. And so you, right, you, you went off and formed your own competing court. And, mm-hmm. you know, and usually the Baladin each went to their separate courts and then they let the courts fight it out. Right. Is, is it clear that in practice there were actually that many like, real Baladin assembled sometimes the Gemara? Like, isn't that one of the classic problems is that all the case law seems to describe people coming to one rabbi? Um, a lot of the, well, a lot of the case law in the Gemara is about Rav Nachman. Like virtually all case law in the Gemara involves like people coming to one rabbi, and there's never any mention of anybody else being there. Like you can assume that they're all courts, but I think this is like one of the classic problems. There are Talmudim there usually. Um, not explicitly always. Um, like almost almost everything is like how would uh, like de ex rabbi, and sometimes that's like that seems to be the only right. Well, well, you, well, well, you can be right since. There doesn't, it doesn't seem to be a system of mandatory jurisdiction um, prior to right, prior to Rav Nachman, I guess, right, who, is, right, who, who really uses the authority of the Reish Galusa. So if you're Mechabal Asmecha, then you can Mechabal one, one rabbi if you want. It's cheaper, right? That the RCA has different rates if you want one, one judge or three judges. <laughs> um, I don't know if Boston has different rates or not. Um, we should. We should, but it... it doesn't come up so often. Um, but I think that's if you're gonna have a small claims court, right? You're, you're charging hundred dollars an hour, you can't have a small claim, right? 
per judge. You know, so $300 for the first hour, you can't really have much of a small claims court. And that is a problem, right? That uh, Beitin now on the whole is unaffordable for the kind of things that people would be willing to bring to Beitin. Um, and the only way you can do it, right, you have to build confidence in a small claims court in order to build up. But, um, but we have, you know, we also want to professionalize. We want to professionalize. Professionalizing costs money. And it means hiring uh, Menahel as a lawyer, um, right, who could be making $300 an hour. Um, so, right, uh, we haven't we haven't figured out how to build the infrastructure of a Bayesian system uh, that uh, that does it right. Uh, although it's nice when people pay lots of money. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff told a story about how he was on a Bayesian for like nine hours or something, and the amount of money was less than the amount of money that they would have to pay that. <laughs> but that, that's true, in all, you know, in many many divorce cases in the secular courts also. Mm. Uh, right, many 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 lawsuits end up. Um, each party spending the amount of money spent by the parties together. Right? Yeah. It almost always been better if they had just put it in the beginning. Um, if you were thinking rationally. Okay. Um, okay. Um, uh, okay. Right. So the, then I wanted to, um, or I wanted to read, read the Tessisyantiv, and that probably will be, um, we should finish, we should finish for today because I want to be us to be sharp for my bright scene. Um, okay, so it says the end of it. Zed Namar lo telech rechil be'amecha ve'omer holech rechil. Ma'i ve'omer, right? So I'll never really quote him, so can we always ask why the second one? Ve'od, Yehuda ve'od le'krahu, the krah kama be'araisa, krah tanya be'mishle, which often happens with ve'omers, right? That the second pasuk is from Tanakh, even though the first pasuk is from Torah, so who needs the second pasuk? So he says, D'im ikrad lo telech rechil, ha'v'amina dafke k'sha'holech l'ragel l'garot medon hudasur. Ha'v'al zakot etzmo, so you're allowed to, I would have thought that it's only us or when you're trying to cause trouble for others, but not when you're trying to protect yourself. And this Diane is just trying to protect himself, right? This Baldin is going to hate me because I ruled that he's Chayev. So he doesn't have to hate me. Now, what about the other Baldin? Is he going to hate you? No, he's not going to hate you so much because he won. Right? It's, a loser, right? it's the losing Baldin is the one who's going to hate you. So this this judge really he shouldn't hate him because this because he really because this judge really fought for him. Um, I'm not talking about a corrupt judge necessarily, right? You know who was hired to defend, but just a judge who didn't you know participate in the general hysteria against huge multinational corporations, whatever. Uh, right? It doesn't want Mark Zuckerberg to hate him if you wish, because he fought against the antitrust thing, whatever, right? whatever, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, so. The thing I want to point out about this, right, and this is probably where we should, we should end, is Rabbi Zering spent a lot of time um, showing us that there, that when we say Lashon Hara is mutual to Elas, and maybe Gilei Soj should have the same grounds as Lashon Hara, which seems a reasonable starting point, even though there are people who conflict with it. So we say, right, he said that maybe the right way to think about it, as against the Chavis Chaim, is not that Lashon Hara is mutual to Elas, but that you have a chiv of Osama Damriacha, which extends to saving other people's money and right and reputations and not right and limbs and not just their lives. So my question is: should the standard for yourself be different than somebody else? I can say Lashon Hara to save somebody else's money, but I can't say Lashon Hara to save my own. I can say Lashon Hara to stop someone else from being hated. Tiny. Lexi yeah. said, she said, that's very good. She said that, um, Lexi, you want to say it so I don't miss call you? 
For which bit? Lashonara about wait, Lashonara to protect some someone else from being hated. Protect someone else from being hated. Um, you mean from being oh, so the thing about right, that like you can't, I can't, it's not that I'm like doing this. Um because we, sh- I think what like Miriam's problem was this idea of like, oh, do I have to like lose my money or do I have to use my retention to protect somebody else's? Mm-hmm. And that it's not really that like I'm I'm costing myself at the expense of another individual. It's like I'm not allowed to save my reputation or to save my money. I'm not allowed to do something that is like patently bad, that is patently forbidden. It's not that like I'm protecting another individual dafka at my expense it's that like we think this is a bad thing to do stum and so i'm not allowed to do this bad thing to prevent something that is unfortunate but not life-threatening happening to me so the question is right should does it make sense to you that there the damage to me and the damage to another person are identical right the same thing will happen to each of us uh right let's say a very rich person will a very rich person will hate us. But, but does it make sense to you that we'll say, well, if I'm trying to protect uh, Rina from being hated by a very rich person, well, then I can I, I can reveal the secret. Is that true? Well, I'm asking, I'm asking, let's say it makes sense to it. My oh, answer regardless, is, like, can you? I would say that, no, like, I don't think it matters if whether in this specific instance, the, the, whatever, the costs on either side of the equation are equivalent. Because I think part of the idea is that like, I, I wanna maintain this issue of like, it is bad to share this information. And like, I think that is a problematic thing to do. And even if in my particular case, say the what would be, what somebody else would pay for me sharing this information is the equivalent of what I would pay for not sharing it. That's not necessarily going to be true in every case. And so we can say that maybe this is something where we don't really go by like a case by case basis saying, well, in this scenario, you know, what you would lose to your reputation is the same as what so-and-so would lose if you shared that information. And so you can choose differently. We say that in general, we think sharing that information is a problematic thing to do. And so we don't make like a individual um, cost benefit analysis for every single time. We think that generally, the damage that is done by normalizing sharing these like um, debated opinions is is one that we don't think should be incurred. Okay, but this so- takes this takes a very big right. The point of Rebbe's presentation is that we don't think lashon harla to elad is a bad thing, right? We think lashon harla to elad is mutter. And so this letoelad, right? Because the idea seemingly is that like there's a toelad, but also a cost here. You know, and I, I think that why like, is it the same cost true when you when it, why is it, why is why is it why is the the cost benefit ratio different in terms of to Elliot, whether I am saving my friend a thousand dollars or saving myself a thousand dollars? Either way, I'm saying Lashonhara for the purpose of preventing someone from losing a thousand dollars illegitimately. Or let's say, right? I think we'd all agree, right, that I can that I that I can probably say Lashonhara to stop someone from cutting my arm off, just like I could say Lashonhara to stop someone from cutting someone else's arm off. Right, so if the rationale is the yeah, same, that's not the same as in like he also like we explicitly make a distinction here of there's a difference between losing reputation of being like berated or of losing mamon versus pikuach nefesh. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to lose my arm by not sharing this, presumably everyone would agree that I am allowed to share this. But the Chaim says you can do it for money also, right? That's the point of the Chaim, 
is that Losam Odam Reecha extends to money because it's Hashavas Aveda. Right, the Hashavas Aveda is, is right is a basis for for Lashon, for, for for Lashon Hara. So that's why right. So if right, so if we say that if we say that Lashon Hara is mutual to Elit, and that means saving other people's money, and if we say and these are both moves, and if we say the Gilei Sod has the same standards as Lashon Hara, so then my question is, so I guess I think it's clear about Lashon Hara. We say it has the same standards, right? And do we think that emotional damage is emotional damage is the same for both? Also, that's also a fair question. But if we think, so I guess we say, like, if we think that emotional damage is included in Losam Odam Reecha, right, for the purpose of being considered to Elif Lashon Hara, and we think the standard for Gilei Sod is the same as is the same as um, as Lashon Hara, so end of the day, right? What I want to figure out like, is why should it be usher to reveal the secret of the court in order to prevent someone from being mad at you? Do you think so? I, right, so I'm asking, like, let's right. So the, the t- first question we ask is: somebody tells me a secret, and by revealing that secret, I can stop a major dispute between two people. Well, again, but I think the whole point of this court scenario is that we're assuming that in any of these cases, like, I think the general assumption is that, like, me revealing this will involve a person not being mad at me, not berating me, not doing X, Y, Z to me, and will involve some level of enmity or, like, other problems with one of the people who made this decision. And so like, it's not, it's not just a toilet. It's that it explicitly, my benefit comes yeah. explicitly and directly at the cost of so somebody. You, so you think the court case yeah. is unique because the court case is just a question of distributing the entity. Right. Like, it's, not, it's, to... not, it's not a toilet of like, just, you know, oh, if I share this, it helps so-and-so. And, and there is not like, that doesn't inherently come at the cost of something else. Whereas I feel like we're generally framing this as like, my benefit comes at the cost of somebody okay, else. Okay, so, so there's an interesting, you know, yeah. first level test can ask is, can one of, can the other judges reveal that they were the majority and this person fought against them? Well, if... I feel like particularly no. Why not? That's not even helping them. That's... That, no, it's helping the other guy, right? Right, right. There's a, there's a, there's a really important political case in the community. And the court rules. The court rules for the uh, for the poor water carrier, and uh, and again and against the and against the, the the multi-billionaire. But they right. But the court ruled two to one, and they figure why should we let this poor shulra, this poor third Diane, who happens to be the shul rabbi of the billionaire, uh, right? Why should why should why should we leave him leave the billionaire thinking that he that he they ruled against him? So we're going to say, by the way, you should know that we ruled against we ruled against you, but he did not. Jacob had an idea that I thought was really interesting that yeah. um, Miguel Esod in this case is totally different from other, like Miguel Esod, at least in the cases of the Gemara quotes of a Beitin and a Bemidrash, um, are the secrets that we're revealing here are like secrets of, that would, com- that would compromise religious authority. Um, whereas maybe revealing another person's secret is an entirely different case. Um, so that's part of what I gave you, part of what I gave you, Rav right? Because Right, Ravinir, right, as opposed to the um, where they say the Kharav, Ravinir takes it out of bit but baked in entirely. He takes it out of baked in, but he restricts it to a Mossad. He restricts he restricts it to the right, it's his argument fits better with Lexi's argument, right? He, he restricts it to a case where there's where, right, where the institution has an interest in secrecy, 
mm -hmm. right, more than the individual does. Right, so, that's, so you can limit the case, right, say the government is only talking about a case where there's an institutional interest in secrecy, mm -hmm. um, but the government's language to me doesn't sound like it's talking that way. Yeah. That it's only right that it's because right, that it's because that you right, or at least the way that it's it's just because we have an interest as a society in courts being secret. Right, it's very different than um, than this judge should not should not curry favor. Doesn't say should. Well, other people, right? When they when they quote the halacha, right? They say shloyomar. So we can say that the judges should not curry favor. We choose. So then the interesting challenge, is, of course, we don't do that nowadays, right? We, in fact, right, we have gone the opposite direction, and we require judges to, well, right? So wrong. <laughs> well, or maybe it's. I thought it was more along the idea, of like, because they're revealing the secret again. It's 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 there are ways. People are going, if we say things about the majority, what people are going to assume is people sided with the majority. And so you're revealing the secret about yourself more than you're revealing about other people. So to me, it was more just showing that like there were different opinions. Maybe at the time that just eroded trust, would erode trust. And if someone was willing to like say separately outside of the court, so like, I actually ruled differently. That is undermining the whole authority of the system. But maybe now we see things differently that we do want that rationale provided. And we do want to understand that, like, maybe we have more trust if we know people are really debating things and holding different opinions. Um, maybe, I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't know why we would be so different than they were. I think, you know, my bet would be just that we have less to, well, Israel, I guess in the, I think, yeah, I think that might very well be that judges then were in a very intermediate position where they had a lot of authority, but were also very vulnerable. So mm -hmm. they didn't want to be vulnerable to their yeah. litigants. And now we have the power of the state. Mm -hmm. with them so they're so judges don't have to worry about litigants what they have to do is get the respect of litigants and they were willing yeah. to sacrifice a little bit of the respect of litigants to have protection in front of them and if you let individual judges issue unique opinions so then you right that left that left the rest of you vulnerable in ways that i think were um ways that i think that i think that i think were um were right were dangerous you know i think that mm -hmm. uh I think it's nice to live in a society where people don't shoot judges for looking against them. Yeah, uh, but that is not a that is not you know that's not been a given, mm. right? Usually, you know, if you judge ruled against you, you went with a horsewhip and let dared the judge to to do it back. So I, I I don't know. Okay, so I want to finish at this stage. Uh, I think that was the right the right shift was to have an air to say whether we apply this to all contexts, whether it's a bidi evid because really, you know, really in. When we have secret ballots in when we have secret ballots in kibbutz elections, mm -hmm. like we now, like in the U.S. now, right, we take it as given that elections are supposed to be secret ballots, but it's important to understand that that was not the case in the founding of the republic. Right. That in fact the mm -hmm. the people running for office would be there at the ballot boxes, and you would and you would, and you would mark your ballot in front of them, and the candidate you voted for would say thank you, Mr. Smith, and shake your hand. Mm -hmm. And right, and we went to secret ballots because we were afraid of retaliation. 
right? Not because we think it's better for a society not to know who voted for whom in the abstract, because that way everyone is, is the president is, is the is the president of the whole people. But right? people were the president of the whole people then too. But they thought they still thought it was very important to have as your relationship. Be honestly, right? Now I didn't vote for you, but now you have to represent me. So I think I, I think on the whole, secret ballots are attempts to prevent retaliation or bribery. Uh, right, because the advantage of secret ballot is you can't tell if somebody stayed bribed, so it doesn't pay to it doesn't pay to um, to bribe them, because you could bribe them and, right, and waste your money. Um, but you can say that the ideal an ideal society is one in which everyone stands for their own, their own position. Athens, right, where you have to raise your right or Sharon, right, you have to raise your hand in a uh, right in a, in a public setting and vote as part of the whole. So if you take that setting, so then um, right, so then you can say, look, you know, the the Gemara justice judges wished to keep their position secret because that protected them from retaliation. If the two judges in a case chose to protect the third because it was more important to them to protect the third than to protect themselves, so what? Except you might say, you know what, by doing that, you're putting pressure on the other judges to release their opinions also. And we shouldn't do that either. Right, but it's not like there's something inherently secret about Beitin. I mean, or you could argue that for the purposes of religious authority, it's important that people see the Beitin as a united front. And but it's a lie. I don't like yeah. consistence, which well, is important for people I, to see a lot, to see that it isn't true. I don't agree with it. I mean, not everyone agrees with you about what's important but about Beitin. I, I think well, we're not unanimous about that. Let's but be public I think, not being I think there's that. room based on certain gotcha we've discussed in the this year that it was a normative to some extent opinion that courts in the Bateman dress should try to decrease argument. Yeah, and I, I would okay, you know, I understand there is always an argument that um, authority is increased by unanimity. Uh, and there are cases where that's true. Nixon, yeah. The Nixon tapes case is a, right, is a famous case of that, where it was very important for it to be a bipartisan, mm. unanimous decision so that Nixon couldn't then say, I hold like this, who says the president can't hold like this, on the Supreme Court, if your judicial review is a made up idea anyway, right? So when you're explicitly ruling against the president on a matter of the president claims national security, so then you have to be unanimous, right? There was a great mm. fear that Nixon would do that, so, right, so therefore, therefore, the right Warren had to, had to, um, uh, not what was the word anymore, it was Burger, right? right but, uh, had to, um, had to had to negotiate a, a unanimous um, court. That makes sense. And there are cases, you know, I can see that when it came to COVID, right, that mm -hmm. it was right, that it was that it was valuable at the outset, mm -hmm. right, for there to be anonymity and and that if you had a she does you should you should bottle it up uh, unless you thought that the majority was doing something actually dangerous mm -hmm. because right because it because it just creates confusion. Yeah. But in the vast majority of cases for people oh. to think there's unanimity just probably convinces people that rabbis aren't thinking, just like oh, this is yeah. rabbis. People thinking. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I agree, but I'm saying... Maybe you don't think the Gemara agreed with you. Exactly. Okay, you had a last word. <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay, so we'll break now. We'll be back at 3.30 for uh, Rabbi uh, Bryson. We don't have anything tonight, though. Let's see, uh, speaking of... If you look around, yeah. we're all six foot distance from <laughs>